when you move to a whole new culture, there's this like almost desperation to connect with new people, or at least it was, there was for me and how I navigated that, I think got imprinted into my brain in terms of how the humans work and how connection happens between people and between me and other people. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the CEO of the Business of Community, Tatiana Figueredo. In today's episode, you will learn how Tatiana founded the Business of Community and what makes community a unique aspect of how a business can succeed. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Tatiana Figueredo. Tatiana is a community business strategist, teacher, and founder of the Business of Community, a learning organization helping community founders scale values-driven community businesses. Before focusing exclusively on supporting community founders, Tatiana worked in international sales, marketing, product management, and growing her own community business to over 2,000 members. Tatiana believes our childhood experiences with connection and belonging play a major part in the communities and businesses we build. Part of her job is helping community founders unlock those experiences and leverage them to build stronger communities. Tatiana, welcome to the show. David, so good to be here. Why do you believe our childhood experiences with connection and belonging play a major part in the communities and businesses we build? I know that from my own experience and also from the people who I end up working with. Everyone who comes to me, usually they'll name the issue that they're facing in not growing their business or in not being able to like finally launch the thing that they want to launch. They'll name it in a way that is about like, I just don't have this thing that I need or something very specific. But when we dig into it, there's usually something else almost every single time. And that's especially true for community businesses, which are all about building relationships. And the way that we build relationships with one person translates over to the way we build relationships with everyone else. So if you're really authentically bringing people together and connecting them to each other, you have to understand your own kind of brand of friendship, your own brand of connection. And the way to do that in a healthy way, a lot of times is to heal the parts of you that kind of need that healing from, from your childhood. That's been true for me. And that's true for a lot of the people who I work with. So is the healing, the healing process necessary before you're able to build the relationships that are part of community? 
I don't think it's necessary because another key part of building community is showing up imperfectly, but the awareness around the fact that we might need to heal some things uh, before we can uh, present ourselves as this perfect being that knows all the answers and knows what they're doing. That awareness is important. The healing itself, at least in my experience, happens along the way. Fascinating. So tell me a little bit about your childhood experiences. Yeah. I grew up in Brazil uh, when I was 10, my family moved from Brazil to uh, the suburbs of New York City. So that experience of having to adapt to a new culture and also being the, the person in my family who like learned English the fastest and had to like figure that out, that was a major influence in how I saw other people and in how when you move to a whole new culture, there's this like almost desperation to connect with new people, or at least it was, there was for me and how I navigated that, I think got imprinted into my brain in terms of how humans work and how you, how connection happens between people and between me and other people. So I feel like it was a process that I was like subconsciously repeating in my brain every time I had to enter a new situation and make new friends, every time I had to solve a new problem. And I was finding ways to use community to solve that, that problem. So that was one of my experiences. On the other side, there was, there is this side of being the oldest daughter and being the oldest granddaughter in my family. And feeling like everything was up to me. And if I didn't do it, nobody else would know how to do it. And this really like kind of like codependent role. And that was something that I didn't realize I needed to heal and, and change and work on for myself until I was much older and until I was building community and I was building businesses. And I realized how much power there was in a lot of times stepping out of the way for someone else to come in and lead and someone else to also shine in the way that they can, they can do the work. So that's another way that it comes up in my work now also. So what's the connection between the power of stepping out of the way and letting someone else lead connection between that and being the oldest daughter and oldest granddaughter? Well, that was the role that I played in my family. And to an extent, the role that I still play in my family is like the one who can figure it out. Like, don't worry about it because she'll figure it out. We don't have to worry about this. We don't have to like look into this too much because it'll get figured out because I was always the one stepping in and figuring it out. And a lot, I was a, being like the first granddaughter in a big family I was treated in a lot of ways like an adult. So I was, I kind of was supposed to know everything that was going on. And as soon as I was old enough to be able to be in charge of things, I was in charge of things. And I think there are a lot of positive qualities that come from that. And then I also think that there's a lot of like the codependency behaviors that I needed to like think about and step back from a little bit at later in, in life. Yeah. So being the trailblazer and being the one who is uh, 
others will assume that you're going to take responsibility and play a leadership role. Yeah, exactly. And in, in community, a lot of our jobs is exactly to recognize that dynamic because when you're leading a community, you do have that power. You are the leader of a community and your job is to take that power that other people have given you because you are capable, because you do know the topic, because you're being put in that position, take that power and immediately spread it to the group and find ways to kind of direct the energy to the group. Yeah. Is that kind of behavior that you just described about understanding where the power lies and purposely trying to distribute it to others. I understand how powerful that is in the community structure. How does that compare to what happens in an organizational structure with employees? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very similar in an organizational structure also, because, I mean, the way I think about building an organization is kind of like building a community. So I think the two are very similar. And I think that if you have this very top-down pyramid type of structure where whoever is at the top is just dictating everything that happens all the way down, then there there's too much rigidity. And there's if you make room for the people who are reporting up to someone to have power, if you hand them power, what you get is innovation and what you get is new ideas that you would have never had. And to me, that's like the best feeling in the world as a manager, as a leader, as a community person, when someone is has an idea and it's like so much better than anything that you would have come up with. And if, if you don't actively, even in the moments where they're not right, or even in the moments where you know that you have the answer, if you don't actively slowly and in little ways kind of give away your, your power, if you don't do that, then you don't have the opportunity to have those new ideas and to build those relationships in a way that feels good to everyone involved. Yeah. Although there are, there are some leaders that feel very threatened by right. distributing power that way. Yeah. And I agree with you that it, it totally stifles innovation and em- employees are afraid to take risks and they're, they're constantly looking over their shoulder. Yeah. They spend a lot of time managing their job instead of thinking of cool new ideas and being themselves and thinking about better ways to do their job. Yeah. Do you think that the this kind of dynamic varies by industry or you think it's pretty pretty industry agnostic? So I know you, you've spent time in the software industry, which is like, if you're not innovative in, in software, you're probably not going to survive. Yeah. It, yeah. I think, I do think the software industry has a little bit of like a rebel culture where it's like the new intern who just came in can be like, we're not, we're doing this the wrong way and like call out the CEO in the meeting. But I think that like that's an example of like the way they show that there there is that flexibility in the power in the company. But from what I saw, I do think that some of that is a little bit performative in terms of like what is actual power and who is actually making the decisions in this organization. So in some ways, they're doing it a lot better than some of these older legacy industries I worked a lot in building community in all kinds of very large organizations. So 
from tech companies like LinkedIn to like smaller companies that were kind of like more up and coming at the time, like West Elm, all the way to like much older companies, like incumbent, like insurance companies and consulting companies. And there was like a big difference between the culture or what was what people were able to say in a meeting or, or what I was able to see that, that like, because of the work we were doing, we were always looking for the rebels. So we were always looking for the people who were willing to kind of like poke at things and like push things forward a little bit. And it was a lot harder to do that in the companies that were older and had like, you know, that were bigger and had systems that were in place to kind of tamp that down in a lot of, in a lot of ways for good reason. But, um, I think um, sometimes that can tamp down community or innovation like we talked about. Tatiana, were you always involved in community, community building and community aspects in your jobs as an employee? My title was not always community, but it's definitely how I approached my jobs. I never worked for like a large organization. So The jobs that I had, even though I worked with large organizations, um, I wasn't part of their staff. The jobs that I had always had a ton of room for me to kind of figure out how to do them. They were always kind of like very hard, you know, we need to do X, figure out all the steps from here all the way to X. So first I was in sales and I was doing international sales of TV shows to countries all over the world. And I was really young when I got that job and I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And in hindsight, the way that I figured it out was through community. I would host these big dinners. I would ask people a lot of questions. I would make sure I was building relationships, not just with people who could be clients, but also competitors and other people who were hosting dinners. So I always kind of thought about community as a way to solve any problem. And then when I was building software, the tools that we were building were community related and the way that we built our teams and the way that we talked about everything that we were doing, I tried to build it in a very democratic and a very community led way, which by the way, is harder than not doing it that way, but is worth it in the end, I think. (laughs) Yeah. And at what point did you decide to go out on your own? and be an entrepreneur? I think even in all the roles that I had, I always, I thought of myself as an entrepreneur, even while I was working. And the company that I was head of product for, they pivoted away from the product that I was mainly focused on and they were going to work on something else. And it was a startup and I was just like very burnt out at that point. And so I left because I didn't want to kind of like start over and like shift the team into like a whole new project and like figure it out all over again. So I I left like right away. It wasn't expected. It was something like that happened. And I immediately knew that I had to leave. It wasn't like a planned thing. I, I stayed on to like transition and everything, but I, I didn't, stay on to make a plan for myself. It was more for them. And I left and I started, I worked on a bunch of projects after I did that. I knew I would probably start something for myself. So I took a little time and 
I worked on other ideas. I took the product that we were building within that company and worked on it a little bit more, got some traction on that, decided that it wasn't for me. Raising money and going down the VC route wasn't something that I wanted to do anymore. And then through this whole process of like exploration, I was consulting with clients on all of the different skills that I had built up to that point. So I had had run sales teams, I had run product teams, I had like marketing experience, writing experience. So I just started like people who knew me would just hire me to do little projects here and there. And that's how I learned to be a consultant. And it was from there that I got my first few community clients because I had run my own community business for a while. And, you know, some of the projects would overlap. It was like a community and also a product thing or community and an also sales thing. So that's where I started to understand that the community thing was easy to me in a way that wasn't like boring in a way that was like really fun. Like (laughs) that's how I ended up in community. Yeah. And at what point did you realize that there was an actual business behind the business of community? I didn't really know that. It just kind of, actually, there was a lot of growth when the pandemic started. So when the pandemic started, I had two clients that were already building community in person and they had to transition from in-person to online in some way. And because I had had experience both with in-person community and with digital product and community. I was like a good person to make that transition. And then it was around that time that everyone started moving to online and I was in a good place to speak to how to do that. So that's how it started to really focus on community and the business of, of building community because all of the pieces that I was working with people on were kind of coming up as pain points that they had and all the other consulting that I think I was less good at and wasn't as specific to my skills kind of just started falling away. And then I started focusing more on community specifically. Yeah. And what made you decide to actually build a community that was focused on the business of community as opposed to just being a consultant? Yeah, I didn't do that right away. I worked with a bunch of clients first and because I know how much work it is to build a community and I know how much work it would be to, to do something the way that I would want to do it. So I didn't, it wasn't my first instinct. I didn't do that right away, but after working with clients for a while, it's very easy to notice the patterns that even people in very different industries are building very different kinds of communities. I started to notice like the the things that they had in common and the things that I was teaching them in our sessions and like saying over and over again and building things around and then like sending to just to one person. I just kind of got tired of repeating myself. And I thought that maybe I should build a course or something that actually like brought all this stuff together. And that was, I don't know, that also sounded fun to me to like actually build something that can improve and people can use. I think like the idea of building a product, I like ending up there at some point. So yeah. So it it came from, oh, I think I should 
build a course around this. And then I kind of follow the the process that I end up teaching to people now, which is like, how do you do that in a less risky way, in a way where you're being well compensated from the beginning? And then it kind of grew from there. What do you see as the either differences or similarities between the activities that are needed to build community versus the business side of how do you do it in a way that it is an actual profitable business, right? So one is more focused on relationships. The other one, I don't know, necessarily more focused, but certainly there's attention that is needed on things like profit and loss. Yeah. Because I had had experience on like building regular businesses that weren't, weren't like community wasn't that what we were selling. It was maybe how I approached what I was doing, but it wasn't what we were selling. That was like an interesting question for me also. So I would think about, okay, operations, HR, something really boring. What is the community version of this? And I still think this is a, an interesting question that I like digging into. So some things I think are just going to be business stuff that you just have to do. And that's about like managing your energy and figuring out, you know, when you need your introvert time, that's when you're going to uh, look at your PL and make sure that things are working well and like pay your bills and all of that part. But a lot of other things that I had assumed were, you know, this is just how business gets done and like the community's over there, but the business part is over here. A lot of those things I saw, like they can be infused with a lot of like community vibes. For example, like the way we do the backend operations of our work. It's very collaborative. There's two people on my team besides me and it's very collaborative. It's very creative. I wouldn't say it's like the most efficient way ever to do an operation system, but it is really fun. And it like keeps us together as a team. And that's important to us. And I think in the long run, I think our SOPs get updated more than they would have if it was just like a super boring thing that we were doing. So that's like one example. With hiring, I think about hiring in a different way in terms of like, I, I actually use Reed Hoffman's. He has this concept of a tour of duty, which is you come into an organization. What is it that you want to get out of this organization? What is it the organization needs out of the person they're hiring? And then you kind of come to an agreement together of what that's going to look like. And it's a much more honest way of hiring someone and of helping them on whatever journey they're on. And you hope that they stay around and that continues. But that's another way of approaching hiring in a very, in a much more human way, at least in, in my view, like having a much more honest conversation with hiring and then also developing your people. Sales is another one that I think has a lot, like a lot of what people are doing is taking humans away from the equation of selling and of inviting people into whatever you're, you're building and into your community. But I think there's, so much room to stand out by being the weirdo that actually replies to the emails or by making a system where people are actually getting to know you as they're deciding whether to buy something from you. I think that 
especially if you're running a business that doesn't need such high volume in order for you to like run a very successful business. If you're like a high-end consultant, you don't need, you don't need more than like, I would say 50 clients, maybe a year building like a relationship focused way of sales, I think is something that anyone can do. And at least in my opinion, doing these in a way that prioritizes humans and prioritizes your own humanity and what you want to do is a way to have your job be more fun and, and have your your days just be better than if you're just like following some kind of process. That's what I've tried to do, like design everything around what sounds like community-like and what kind of aligns with the values of the whole thing that we're building. Right. Which is um, a way to be totally in alignment with your own values and what you're building. So, well, Tatiana, congratulations on what you've built with the business of community. And I will say that I've had the pleasure of being a member of the community and learning from you and um, connecting with um, the other members of the community. It's been um, It's been a great journey. If someone wants to learn more about you or access any of the resources you may have or check out the business of community, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah, our website is businessofcommunity.co. I write a free newsletter every other week. And right on that page, you'll see where to sign up for that. And yeah, all the information is on that page if you want to check out our community and our upcoming programs for the fall. It'll all be listed on that page. Sounds great. Well, Tatiana, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Smashing the Plateau and share your insights. My guest has been the CEO of the Business of Community, Tatiana Figueredo. Thank you, Tatiana, for joining us. Thanks, David. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Tatiana Figueredo, we learned how Tatiana founded the business of community and what makes community a unique aspect of how a business can succeed. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.